The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 14th chapter. Jesus answered, Judas, not Iscariot, those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but is from the Father who sent me. I have said these things to you while I am still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away, and I am coming to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father, because the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it occurs, that when it does, so that when it does occur, you may believe. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Let us pray. Eternal God, we give thanks this day for the constancy of your love for us. Whether we remember your sacrifice or not from day in and day out, you are there for us. Your spirit is always on call, always attentive, always willing to give us a leg up and to give us hope and to give us consolation. No matter what our problem, Lord, you are always there with open arms. We pray for all those who have died in various wars throughout the centuries of this country, those who are even now um, stationed across the seas and the miles in whatever division of the um, military they serve. We give thanks for these men and women who give up sacrifice away from families and children and all this so that we might be a nation that has um, freedom. And we pray for other nations also to be safeguarded in that way. We ask your blessing uh, this morning on uh, all of us and that we might continually be keeping you number one in our lives, remembering each and every day what it cost you to set us free so that we might have an Easter life. In your name we ask it. Amen. I love the Holy Spirit. It just seems to drop into the right places at the right time, if you've ever had that experience. Sometimes with just the right words as well. There I was once upon a time on my yoga mat in class, and there were many bodies around me uh, lying face up as we begin class in peace and quiet. And um, there were many tensions, I imagine, that I had brought there and uh, everyone around me. I can only imagine there would be someone in that crowd who is afraid that their test scores aren't going to be good enough to get them into grad school in the next semester and their dreams might be shattered. I can imagine there's a man uh, two mats down, fearful of his cancer diagnosis he's just heard and his job security. And then there's a lean lady over here who might be obsessed at this time with a thousand details for her garden wedding. And does the African-American person over there on the mat feel welcome in this group? 
The instructor is weighed down with worry for her only son leaving for active duty that week. Yet a voice finally breaks through the silence as we prepare for our workout, and she says, Okay, everyone, relax. Now breathe slowly. Let go of the worries and the fears and all that you've carried into this room this morning on those mats. Let it go. Let all the tension flow far away from your busy minds and be still. Listen to our breathing, your breath. Release the tension, the fears, the roadblocks to your goals that seem so important and breathe. And then our instructor invites us to meditate on this mantra. She says, I honor that place in you where the universe dwells. And I honor the peace, the hope, and the joy that live in you. And if I honor you and you honor me, we will all be one. Hmm, I thought to myself, lying face up, That has merit. And it sounds a lot like our gospel lesson even for today, doesn't it? It sounds like Jesus talking in so many ways. Can you imagine the disciples all lying prone in a big field while the breezes are blowing through the grasses, their eyes closed as Jesus encourages his followers to breathe slowly, breathe in the Spirit, and also remember his words. These words, peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. You see, Jesus is preparing in this gospel text today to leave his band of disciples and soon return to his Father in heaven. But the unique quality of his disciples he is emphasizing is that they should be peace-filled, not enmeshed in the world's daily rat races, which can drive them away from the Lord. And we, as his tribe also, should be models of peace and harmony and love in our frenetic world. We know that. But even church staff at time needs to remember it again and again and again, this advice, from Christ because it's been pretty hectic rushing around in our office lately, preparing for confirmation next week for the installation of this new software on our office computers that have record-keeping and publishing options galore. Each upgrade comes with a major learning curve in the computer world, and for many of us who aren't so techie-minded, there is frustration sometimes, a little anger, blame, all sorts of lovely fruits of the technological life. Maybe you know some of these types of pressures in your lives as well. There's the to-do lists for home and work, now the summer garden and it's long-awaited time from rain so that we can get in the new little flowers and seeds, plus keeping up with your children or grandchildren at the pace they keep in this world can be exhausting for all of us. Add to these challenge the daily barrage of news from our capital, of investigations and testimonies and trials and mistrust between House and Senate. More and more candidates are adding their name to the list for president. 
It's no secret we are divided as a nation, as never before. Afraid to talk about any number of taboo topics with polarized friends or family. There have been shootings in Jewish synagogues recently, too recently, and we all gathered, many of us, at Bethor Synagogue down the road to celebrate uh, our unity together and mourn the loss of lives in the Tree of Life synagogue killing in Pittsburgh months ago. Sadly, there's also renewed mistrust of our Muslim neighbors and new divisions sprouting up in the interfaith community every month. Few of us could call our nation united, the United States of America at this point in our history. It seems we need some voice to help advise us what to do, whom to trust, and what can we do to restore then the wholesomeness in our community lives together. Today, if we're listening, Jesus reminds us that we have such an advocate within very close reach. That advocate will advise us and heal us and renew our relationships if we call upon it. The advisor and the coach is namely the Holy Spirit. And she will teach us all that Jesus has commanded us and remind us of the hopes that he has for us and the healing that is very near and can be found for real. Thomas Merton, spiritual writer, has much to say about our current state of affairs. He says, Solitude is the only place where we can gain freedom from the forces of society that will otherwise relentlessly mold us relentlessly mold us. Merton also thought early church fathers believed that to let oneself drift along passively accepting the tenets and values of what they know as society was purely and simply a disaster. The Apostle Paul put it this way, do not let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold in modern translation. John Ortberg a great author has said in his book, The Life You've Always Wanted. It takes a high dose of amphetamines to kill a mouse living in solitude. He was talking about a much longer study. I did just jump into this particular mouse illustration, so I thought I'd give you a little context. It takes a high dose of amphetamines in the lab to kill a mouse that's living in solitude. But a group of mice will start hopping around on this and hyping each other up so much that the dosage 20 times smaller will be lethal. So great is the effect of the world on mice. I wonder how our studies would come out. The effect of being hyped up and at risk and and, uh, conflicted and all of the pressures we feel. It's worth noting the antidotes we have in our faith life that could prevent the fate of these lab mice. We have today, for example, a day called the Sabbath day. A day, 24-hour day, not just one hour. A day unto the Lord. A day of peace. Of reclaiming God's word in scripture for us and the promises therein. 
a day of slowing down enough to smell even the plants and flowers, to walk by a lake and let the Holy Spirit have at us, a day to let the song of joy and thanksgiving rise in our hearts rather than seeking more or finishing the brief you didn't finish, the lesson plan that's waiting, the projects that are piled high in the den. And specifically this weekend, we have set aside as a nation time to honor and remember the sacrifice countless young men and women gave in their lives in the military so that we, their country people, country people could be free. Jesus, in our gospel from John, wants us to find his peace. And it means detaching from what drives us every day as a society and a nation to remember Jesus' unique memorial gift, namely a new Easter life for each one of us. And he qualifies his gift. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. And I love this line. Those who love me will keep my word and my Father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. The Trinity making its home with us is available since baptism available to everyone. So I hope we are all ready and willing, therefore, to put out the welcome mat to this fabulous gift from Christ, this gift of peace and well-being for us all. Amen.